Essa! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Mr. Dills, how we doing? Kinimogbalitimi, you are my hearing. Guys, you're highly welcome to a new episode. One that has been a long time in the making, but y'all know what time it is, guys. It's never really... A- it's about the process and getting to that destination. Guys, I'm here with an amazing friend of mine. Someone I've known for long... Lord knows how many years now, Gonset. But I give me a time. How many years? <laughs> ah, probably since, what, 2008? Ah, okay. Since you want to calculate it gradually. Okay, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Brilliant. Guys, today we are here to do something quite different. The person I have with me here is one of the boys you call, if you're in school, one of those guys they call Smarty Pants, but, yeah, but I did, please, please, please allow me. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, this boy right here, they call him, you call him Smarty Pants, but I think that's from a certain type of lens. You see, my lens, our boy, as a multifaceted individual. Why would I say that, guys? Because this boy also has a talent I don't know how many people know about. But I think enough people know that he's he's trouble when it comes to rapping as well. So can you imagine a smarty pants that raps? I'm confused, too. Don't don't ask me, guys. But yeah, I present to you the wonderful boy, man. Bolade, what are you telling us? You're welcome, bro. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, apologies to your fans for um, keeping this in the locker for probably longer than we should have. Um, but yeah, nice to nice to be here. Nice to get ready to sit down and um, you know put something of value out for all of your listeners. Bro, first things first, please. Ah, fans, fans, bro, I did. It's a family, bro. It's a family. It's a family. Come on, man. No worries. You know what time it is. Okay. So, guys, we intend to study books. We tend to give value. That's the real situation. And now I have my bro who, like I said, is a multifaceted individual. But we are starting with a book called The Alchemist. Guys, I've always heard of this book, man. I'm not even going to lie to you. But this boy right here, when he brought it up, I was like, okay, now I have to involve myself for real i don't know if you guys are like me man but i didn't grow up really enjoying reading books mm. but with people like bolade i took it as a sign that means i gotta get involved more and i'm up for the challenge hence why i hope this actually makes it easier for me and i'm sure for everyone listening too all right boy broski what can you tell us about the alchemist in uh let's say if you were to give a synopsis a quick review of the book to the layman to the person who has never heard of this book but you want to make them interested how would you pitch this book to such a person there's um there's two things i think that need to happen here first of all i'll answer the question um, okay, but I think it's also important because you touched on it slightly earlier there in your intro okay. about how you know you yourself have not always been the biggest reader and 
kind of the the importance of maybe becoming one. Okay. And I think that's something you know that we can further use to add value to you know to your listeners and to the people that will be listening to this at another at another point in time. Um, yes, so first, synopsis for the Alchemist. Um, it's written by a Brazilian author called Paulo Coelho. And essentially, it is a fable about following your dreams. The book itself will do that much to explain itself with the synopsis. It follows the life of a young shepherd boy, Santiago, who sort of receives a dream, you know, you know, wake up and go so, to a new Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. Sorry, I'm raising my hand up. Uh, we're yeah. in class. I know. I'm raising my hand up. Uh, before you go, you said it's a fable. It you is see? a fable. Yeah. Somebody just tapped me on my back. There's nobody here, but I felt the tap. They're asking... Ah, Fable, sorry, sir. What, what's a fable, please? What's what a fable? A fable what? is a tale. A fable a tale. is a tale. Okay, a tale. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Fictional story. Thank you very much. Okay. Yes, sir. As you were saying. Yeah. So it follows um, Santiago, who's our protagonist. Um, he's a shepherd, and he wakes up um, from a dream, and in that dream, he sees a treasure that's calling to him. You know, sort of almost similar to for those of you who are who 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 are acclimatized with the story of Abraham from the Bible that wake up and go to this new land. So the okay. book kicks up in this sort of in this sort of journey, a call towards a journey and a goal. It's, it's also quite nicely the way you started off the episode by talking about destinations and who we become on our respective journeys. This book is very yes, much sir. you know something of a journey and has very high points. Um, it also has uh, several low points as well that are sort of um significant uh, i think in life in general the phases of people it's um it's a really really brilliant story um i think for people who want to get into reading and don't necessarily want to get into the heavier hitting stuff um to start with i think the alchemist is something that it's it's very full of life lessons um anecdotes and things that you can immediately transfer into your life but it's told in a very relaxing um format as i said paulo coelho it's it, it's a fable um, you know, it's it's very straightforward to understand. It's absorbing, it's enthralling, it's a page turner, really. So um, excited to go over it and its principles. But you know, we did promise uh, the good people, yes, the sir. Good family of Sailors, you know, that first of all we talk about sort of reading and what, why we do that, the benefits, etc., um, etc. Et I I know of too many things um, to sort of add to the advantage of that argument. I, I'll try not to say too many quotes in this call. I've been told that I do that quite often. I'll try to be a little bit more original. But, you know, we'll start off with one, and I'm sure a number of your listeners would have heard this one about, sort of, you know, leaders and readers. Um, and I saw something fairly recently as well, talking about um, how you go through a certain period in life and, you know, kind of have to learn and learn and learn and consume before you start to create so that when yes, you do create, you know, your creations are coming from a point of of, of considered knowledge you know over a while so um but that's essentially what reading is you know it, it expands your viewpoints to things you know to life to issues um hmm. and it sort of arrives in your perspective another nice way that someone's put it before particularly when it comes to reading biographies or autobiographies when you look at the lives of luminaries who've lived before you who've accomplished things that you like to also one day accomplish who've walked this earth and you know done one or two things that you also like to do in your life as well and a lot of people think to themselves well i would have loved to have a conversation with this person you know and i would have loved to mm. ask questions you know how did you do this how did you do that how did you maneuver you know, through difficulties and challenges that you face in your life that are also appearing in mine. And um, 
when so when those luminaries have written books um you know in that sense autobiographies but in the sense of another person writing their story biographies um you know that's essentially your window to ask those questions because they lay things bare they talk to you about their lives they talk to you about their experiences and you get to hear the answers to those questions and apply them to your life you know okay um, what is that famous adage about a fool you know doesn't learn from his mistakes um a smart person learns from his mistakes but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others brilliant a, in a way you know it's sort of it's sort of akin to that and you sort of trying to you know on your own respective journey on your path towards what is your own fulfillment in your life you are looking for all the help you can get so that you know at the different points in time where you have and those decisions um, are made through the lens of all the accumulated knowledge that you'd have had you know whether it's self-help whether it's just stories or even biographies as well so wow wow brilliant 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 okay so expanding your viewpoint is solid reason for people to read that's amazing and what you touched on the luminaries so when you say luminaries how can you paraphrase that to someone who might not familiarize themselves with such a word uh luminaries is just um i i think it's just a person of achievement really um yeah people who have achieved great things in their life um mm. done something of worth of note um you know i i'm being selective with which words i use due to the particular nature of the world that we live in today you know yes so, sir yeah. so it's not to belittle you know the achievements of everyone but it's normally a a term and a title that's um reserved for people who have moved the needle you know of of civilization yes, sir. of humanity you know and done something truly remarkable absolutely brilliant okay Can you tell us about Paolo Cello the musician? Did you actually even know this guy was a musician? Ah, so that's an interesting fact. I I am just learning that for myself. <laughs> I'm more I'm Brilliant. more with the with his work in the writing sphere as it is yes, um the instruments where is he a singer does he play an instrument like uh, me? Apparently in Brazil he actually wrote popular songs. So he was well renowned for making popular music and according to this encyclopedia um article here it says that in the first months i mean you could say the first years of the book that they didn't really like you know, if you say outsell people or whatever yes you understand what i'm trying to say they didn't really go above and beyond but at some point due to people's realization of how like you said adaptable the book is meaning it's so as we called it a fable like story it's so easy to read apparently according mm-hmm. to what they're saying it's so easy for you to enjoy the premise of the story and because of that people seem to recommend it by word of mouth and i'll let you know as a graduate marketer that word of mouth is if not the strongest way yeah for a product to be exactly you understand me so what do you think happened if you even got to that point of from the books not really selling as much 
to them are apparently just selling like did you did you look into that how did that happen that's a, that's a very good question in the sense that Paulo Coelho actually touches about that phenomenon somewhere okay. in the book. Okay. Um, he talks about when people embark on certain journeys or endeavors, you have um, something called uh, beginner's luck, which people in the poker industry mm. are well, well acquainted with. Um, and it's essentially, you get a little boost at the start. So if you go through that story more deeply, there would have been something that prompted him to go into the you know, writing phase. Maybe he did some smaller, shorter stories and they were doing quite well and he got some encouragement maybe to, you know, release a longer book yes, that would touch a wider range of people. And then he decided to do that. But then, you know, beginner's luck happens only to beginners and then life kind of smacks you square in the face after that. <laughs> phase. And it's, like, yes, it's like, come on then, let's see what you've got. You know, right. do you want this? Uh, I think you you might be familiar with the works of a certain E.T. the hip hop preacher, um, mm. you know, who goes on to say, "Do you want this as bad as you say you really want this?" Come on, E.T. Um, bro, come <laughs> on, you should know for that day. You know, I so um, yes, sir. That, that's pretty much, I'm sure, what happened there. And uh, okay. the phenomenon that once you begin to study, as I said, the lives of people who accomplish anything. Besides the rare few, maybe who would have had um, what we'll call more fortunate, fortunate circumstances at the start, it's um, it's something that's fairly repeated. There's a period where you know the sunken states. I think when it comes to business and startups and things like that, there's actually a well-known term called the trough of sorrow. <laughs> you know, okay. when uh, everything starts off well, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, it's all mm-hmm. good. And then life, as I said, you know, hits you square in the face and then all of a sudden you don't know what to do. You don't know what to eat. You know, it's not, you know, that that idea that that seemed like it was a no-brainer is not necessarily flying. You know, people aren't flocking outside of stores to get what it is that you said that you're going to give to them. The numbers mm. are presumably, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's, um, it is a temporary state. And another term that you will well appreciate, uh, this one is from Les Brown, is that it, it has not come to stay. It has come to pass. And uh, it, hmm. it did pass, you know. And, wow, um, wow. In, in his case, it did pass, um, which is why we're here talking about it today. Exactly. How brilliant that is. I love the way you put that, Mr. Les Brown, and you've dropped Mr. E.T., but I know your head is definitely in the right place and I'm so proud you dropped those two names. That's mm. brilliant. Okay, moving on to the book. From what I'm seeing here, can you speak on these certain characters of the book? So, the fact that it talks on this guy, Santiago, why do you think Santiago was the person used in this book? Huh, that's a very good question. Um... In a way, I would like to think that he chose Santiago because Santiago is a very relatable protagonist. I mm. think um, when telling stories, it's very important not to give people a protagonist who's too who's too lofty and too ideal because people don't feel mm. that they can relate to him. A very good example of this dynamic is um, with Superman and with Batman. Superman is this mm. um, shiny... Um, indestructible character who's been a good boy all his life he has a good job he has the woman nothing's really going bad okay. he can't be scratched he can't be beaten he's he's an ideal you know and a lot of people find it very difficult to relate with Superman and to relate with Clark Kent because 
not necessarily even because he's not from here. I don't think it's that, you know, because there are, you know, stories and of other superheroes who aren't necessarily from Earth who people have been able to relate to. And then yeah. you contrast that with Batman, surprisingly, who is a billionaire, and yet people still state that they're able to relate to him more. And the reason for that is just <laughs> he's more human. You know, he lost okay. both his parents at the start of his life, which is what drove him into trying to become better. There were mm. some in there, depending on which line of canon you choose to read, on um, you know some spates of debauchery in there somewhere before he decided to become serious and all of that, but mm. there was that defining moment in his life, you know where where he um, where he was hurt and he had to sort of pick himself up and decide what he wants to do with his life. There's also the fact that he doesn't necessarily have very many superpowers. Everything that he has available to him in terms of his physical capability has come through training. You know, honing uh, the, the comics have a famous line stating that he's honed himself to the peak of mm. human capability. You know, whether that's with his mind and his detective um, abilities with solving crime or physically yes, being able sir. to fight and that kind of stuff. So Superman flies in, he can walk through fire and pick up tanks and stuff, whereas Batman <laughs> has to sort of think about how he goes about the situation. You know, he's not super fat, mm. shoot high beams out of his eyes. And, you know, when, when you start looking into character creation and, um, you know, the broader spectrum of making relatable protagonists i think that's where you find santiago santiago is you know we're not introduced to his parents at any point in the story we don't necessarily know about them so there's this okay. immediate bonding that you have to if you're looking at a boy who's trying to fend for himself he's a shepherd again not the grandest um of career choices right he's essentially your everyday joe just trying to make it through life and i think <laughs> That's something that any reader, you know, no matter how high or how low, can immediately recognize and do. Right. Right. 100%. 100%. Are you there, Bolade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. Okay, okay. All right. That's absolutely wonderful. I love the way you break down the importance of anything we're talking about. That's good. Okay. Look at this now. What lessons would you say Santiago actually learned from the alchemist? Um, okay. Before we go on to the lessons, I will. Um, okay. I'll take a little bit of a segue through the story. I'll try and recollect okay. it as much as possible. I'm, I'm comfortable going with the alchemist because it's it's one of those books on my shelf that I've read a number of times. It's never too far away from my thoughts, and every now and again I go back to it to go through several sections. So wow. apologies to your readers if off the back of this they do decide to go and read it and find that I've left some juicy bits out. But in some ways, that's a good thing because it means that I haven't given too many spoilers away. Exactly. <laughs> As I mentioned at the start, you know, Santiago has a dream. He wakes up sort of in the, I think it's in the middle of an abandoned church. He wakes up and... Yeah, you're, high, you're very close. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. he's seen... He's seen a vision, he's seen a dream that contains this great treasure and then he feels called to it, you know, it's his treasure. And so he embarks on this journey of trying to understand what it's going to take for him to get this treasure. And there's a lot of symbols that Paulo Coelho uses. Paulo Coelho is a very spiritual man. Mm. In this story, he uses a lot of symbols. You know, he uses the treasure of Santiago to depict whatever is the ideal that we're chasing for at the end of our lives. You right. know, whether it's for some people with their families, whether it's for some people who are looking for love, whether it's some people who want careers, they want to be in certain places, whatever that ideal is, that's your treasure. You know, so he depicts that as the treasure in the story. 
Now, Santiago's received this, you know, obviously a humble a humble shepherd boy. And then he, he wafts through the story and at some point he, he, he comes into what would normally be considered a major supporting character. I, 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 I'm hesitant to say major because he has a significant appearance in the story, although it's for a small time period in the story. Um, and this person is just referred to simply as um, the, the old man or the wise man or the old hmm. king. He's a sagely presence. And I have to admit, I've done some story studying um, between the last time I read this book and when I'm talking about it now. Okay. And it's also useful for me as I break it down because I'm starting to see elements in the creation of the story. Um, okay. And for those of your... Sorry, I, I draw a lot of lines between different things I've read, which is another good aspect of reading because it... It, it increases, uh, you know, the, the depth and, and 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 thereafter the validity of your points and your arguments and the way you construct them. Um, some of your readers will be um, acquainted with uh, certain Dr. Jordan Peterson. Um, and Jordan he, Peterson, hundred percent, yes, sir. Uh, um, for those who don't know him, he's a very interesting man. He's a clinical psychologist by trade. Um, he's written a number of books, which I'm yet to get onto, but they're you know very strongly on my wrist. Uh, list 12 rules for yes, life um, and the sequel to 12 rules for life um but yeah very interesting character look him up on youtube um you know definitely put some value from there he talks about certain archetypes and he talks about sort of you know there's an archetype in stories and dr peterson talks about it sometimes with a wise old man you know hmm. or a sagely uncle kind of a guide in life that's sort of been there and done it and it's very old and at this point you know sort of guiding younger ones on their way through life so that's essentially the role, you know, that the wise old man plays in Santiago's story. Um, and he, he advises Santiago on what to do in order to find this treasure. He advises him about listening to his heart, about following his dream and sort of embarking and leaving the sheep behind, you yeah. know, so he can get a fare to sort of, you know, go on this journey. And he gives, he's the one who teaches Santiago about, you know, beginner's luck because Santiago is saying, you know, something happened. And that was very good. But after that, you know, it wasn't so good. And he tells him about it. that, you know, life will conspire to help you on your journey. And when it gives you a sign towards what you can ultimately go on and get, it helps you along the way to get you started. But then the rest of it is up to you. Um, right. You, know, you have to grow muscles in the right places to get through those. Um, so Santiago accepts this advice. Um, he takes it on board. He receives a gift from, from the wise king. I think they're called um, Umim and Thurim, something along those lines. They're, they're okay. gemstones that kind okay. of um, help him make the right decision with things. Um, you know, they, they point towards like what step to take, etc., etc. Yes, sir. So Santiago purchases a ticket to go across the sea. I think he was somewhere on the Spanish island. So he, he takes the boat across the sea because he's told basically that his treasure is by the pyramids, which are in Egypt. So he takes um, uh, a ferry from whatever island of Spain he's on, sort of gets to uh, North Africa, where his journey will okay. then begin. Um, so he gets to he gets to North Africa, and they're speaking Arabic, I believe, which he doesn't understand. Now he gets his first taste of life, telling him that you know not everything is rosy. I think he's he has certain money on him from selling his sheep, so he can make this journey. Someone approaches him and tells him, you know, oh, give me your money. I'll go change it for you and bring it back. Again, I might be paraphrasing and so I might be recollecting wrongly at some point, but generally this is the this is the flow of the story. Okay. Um, 
and he gives it to him as you know as naively as you would expect one to be having lived in in some respects another symbolism of a cocoon you know <laughs> right wrapped up uh, as we say back home you, you know you never shine your eye you haven't seen the world <laughs> right. Um, right and he gives it to him you know believing that this is a good person who is going to help me obviously you can see where i'm going to the man doesn't help him run away with his money and santiago okay. is now broke you know santiago has gone away from a country to a land he doesn't know now without money and uh not not a penny to his name and like most people in such situations he starts to curse everything why did i come here why did i leave my life why did i embark on this journey why did i decide to follow my dream um and then the two gemstones in this situation helped him. i think one dropped out from his um a, a hole in his, in his uh, trouser pocket and then he picks it up and then he kind of remembers the words of the wise old king and then he decides you know what fine i'm going to stick around i'm going to try and make something out of this because i don't even think he has fair left over even if he didn't want to go back right um, so santiago ends up taking a job at a local crystal seller um he over i think he stayed there for two years so it was a long time um mm. you know he was selling crystal there he befriended the man became very good he learned the language um and eventually saved up saved up enough again to be able to you know go for his trip and he learned that that period changed him and it will be evident to the reader when they go to this section how santiago is transformed from the boy who left his hometown to the boy who stayed two years as an, as an apprentice crystal seller and is now ready to continue on his journey and in a way you can sort of look at that and say that that transformation was necessary because if he didn't have that happen to him and he had just gone on then he wouldn't be the man he needed to be in order to receive hmm. his pleasure so there's an element of life sort of beating you down to build you back stronger in there as well um and again these little little very very important and deep life lessons that the author manages to convey with such simplicity i think is one of the things that leads so many people to love the book i mean it's one of the best selling books like of all time you know over 65 million sold i think the last time i checked so this isn't some niche book you know that i <laughs> told you about like there's something here that a lot of people keep coming back to and it uh, it's strangely simple and yet powerful but anyway mm. so Santiago eventually um, gets on a passage crew. Um, he meets an Englishman on that crew who's also seeking um, to become an alchemist. So this is where we get introduced to the word alchemist in the book. Okay. Alchemism is famously, maybe in some cases, wrongly known as the ancient art of turning dust or, or, or copper into gold. You know, and they were very because you could do this as an alchemist, you'd be rich. And there was all this. Um, you know hullabaloo attached to being an alchemist now in popular culture it is it's it's grown on to mean many things you know um alchemism can mean being able to transform anything into any other thing um you know there's a famous anime series for the anime watchers the otaku brothers and sisters out there full metal alchemist <laughs> so very good you know you add drop it in there you know we mm. don't just need yeah. <laughs> you know we do have other interests as well of which that is 100 percent so there's lots of life lessons in those, but I won't digress not today. Um, but yeah, so in this story, <laughs> alchemism denotes a sort of understanding and truth of life. Not, you know, yet you can supposedly transform things into gold, 
but you can also like gain command over the elements and things like that. So you could become not just a rich man, but also a powerful man in every sense of the word, not just influence, but in actual physical power. Um, mm. You know, so Santiago gets on this verse. He talks a bit with the Englishman, um, learns a bit from him, but isn't overly impressed by him. He seems sort of out of sorts a little bit and focusing on the wrong things, etc., etc. You know, but they bide their time. Um, from here, my recollection starts to get a little bit hazy. They go through the story. Um, Santiago finds love, which is very interesting. I think. Um, we all know love is very powerful in all of the great stories, movies, scripts. They have an element of love. It always makes things that little bit sweeter. Yes, um, sir. It may, have, it may have also been the author's way of trying to state in there that on the quest for our fulfillment, our ideal, particularly on the monetary side of things, maybe career-wise, that you also don't forget to take care of love. And that mm. love transcends into you know, not just a potential partner, but, you know, the your your close and dear ones, you know, your That's aging so. parents, you continue to get older, um, your siblings, cousins, and the very close friends to whom you could also attribute um, the moniker of family to. Um, so. that, all, that all builds into it. So he finds a girl called Fatima, um, hmm. you know, a little village where they camp when they get into Egypt, and he begins to befriend Fatima, and it's all it's all very sweet and lovely and and she she takes away his one his, she takes away his single-mindedness so santiago mm. was fairly single-minded on his goal up until he met fatima and she she literally took his breath away <laughs> you know <laughs> which, is, uh, which is nice i'm sure a number of your listeners are also if they haven't already had that experience looking forward to, to getting their breath taken away the infamous god oh, went uh, this right boy before. Don't uh, do that, bro. Come <laughs> on. This guy. You know, the infamous God Who do you know that has not gotten their breath taken away? I I, I hesitate to answer that question for I oh, cannot right. know the truth. No I problem. cannot know the truth. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but getting okay. back on track. Getting back yes, on sir. track. Um yeah, so you know, he meets her and then eventually he goes to, he goes to this test where he he kind of gets to become one with the elements and alchemy. He finds true alchemism somewhere in the desert there. Um, and then when it comes to find his treasure, I think he's mm. beaten, which is a very wow. anticlimactic way to get to the end of the story. We've seen our protagonist go through a trial already. Yes, so sir. we kind of already think, all right, he's gone through a difficult time. Now he's just going to find the treasure because the human mind, you know, wants to assume that not only should bad things not happen, but if they do happen, they should happen as infrequently as possible which is, you know, it's human and it's understandable. But again, I think the author is trying to be realistic in the sense of him saying that right at the very end, even after having suffered before, you might still suffer again. Um, you know, I think Santiago is beaten and robbed at some point, um, almost killed, but survives, um, only to realize when he goes to where the treasure is, that the tre- and this was the most brilliant part of the story, Wow. Only to realize that the treasure he went through all of this to find yeah. is buried in the exact same spot he woke up from in his hometown when he had the dream. Huh? He was in the exact position. So at the start of the story, yeah. when Santiago woke up with the dream, he was literally lying on top of his treasure. 
Everything he went through is extra. Oh my days. That was the exact feeling I had when I read the story the first. I was like, I put the book down, I got up, I had to walk around for a little bit. I was like, what happened here? What was that? Oh. Yeah. Uh, wow. And, and wow. Again, it, it it speaks to Paulo Coelho's messaging and his symbolism. And it, in a way, part of what you started with about journeys and destinations and yes, sir. not about what you achieve, but who you become in the process. And in some yes, way, sir. you can liken that to mean you are already what you seek and desire. Exactly. You, well, or, or, rather, or rather, all that you seek and desire and all you seek to become is in you, but you must become it. And that becoming, um, hashtag uh, Michelle Obama, that becoming yes, is, uh, is, is, is life's um, journey, your internship at life and going through it to become that person. It's already mm-hmm. in you, but you're, you can't get it at the beginning. You have, to, you have to grow. You have to go through difficulties. You also have to be willing to chase the ideal because Santiago could have stayed there in that church and said, I'm not going to chase this. It's too far-fetched. I'm going to leave it. And he still wouldn't have gotten it, you know. He had to decide that he wants to go after that ideal that he sees in his mind, that he sees in his dream. And in Mm. so doing, he becomes the person that he's supposed to become. He becomes his treasure. Mm. You know, there's so many ways to throw um, meaning to it. But as you can see, it's... It's a very enriching story, and I have not done it justice in the slightest in terms oh of... Oh, my... No, nah, nah, do not play it down, Bolade. You have tried the best you can. Like you said, you read this book some time ago. You go back to it as much as you can, and I'm one who knows how many times you read. So, to be <laughs> fair, as someone who did not know anything about this book coming in, apart from the fact that it was popular... I think it was quintessential that you did what you did today. And I'm so proud and I'm so grateful to have heard this directly from you. It definitely encourages me to, you know, read more, check, actually check for, check for the, the essence in Otto's writings, not just what they actually write, but why they write what they write. Because here, I'm being told that uh, what's his name? Paulo actually went on a journey himself. Yeah. So- exactly. Can you elaborate on that? He, well, it's 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 almost a similar story to Santiago. Mm. You know, he had his own ideal that he wanted to find, whatever that is. Like most of us, you know, like yeah, most of us, everyone's searching for something, chasing for something, trying to become something. In a way, even the people who aren't chasing after something are chasing after something. But the problem in that respect is that you probably will never get it because, you know, you can't stay in one place and be someplace else. And this will... This this, this is a cross... Are we allowed to swear on this podcast occasionally? Bolali, you're allowed to... You're allowed to talk according to how you Uh, listen. Okay. So I wouldn't wouldn't make it a a, a recurring feature, but there there are some points that are only communicated properly with the use of a proper expletive. Okay, you can give us an example. You know, so, you know, to finish that particular thought with, you know, is like, it's the clusterfuck or the mindfuck to that. Okay. Even if you were stood in a certain spot 
Uh-huh. And you needed to get your job was to stay in that spot, but hmm. you needed to become a different person to be in that spot by not identifying that in chasing after it to still hmm. end up in the same spot. You don't end up in the same spot. It's it's different. It's a bit like when you talk about I like this idea about what is the what is the quickest point uh no what is the quickest way between any two points you know mm. it's a straight line yes sir an interesting idea that says it's not actually a straight line because hmm. straight line if you're looking at it through a certain plane but if you could superimpose both those points on one on top of the other you know by some time space jujitsu magic then the quickest way to the other point would just be to exist in the same point because those points are on the same plane. Now, how you move them to be on the same plane is a different argument, I understand. But that idea and that concept in total, I find quite intriguing. And, you know, that that's a whole host of other things. You know, you start getting into the physics and quantum mechanics when you know, all sorts of things start to become quite interesting and different to what we, you know, experience now in the universe. Yes, Etc. So, um, but yeah, I think yeah that that was his journey um, to come okay. back. He, he went on a similar journey, um, and I think he discovered love along his journey as well. So, in some ways, I suppose uh, the alchemist in Santiago's story is semi-autobiographical. Um, exactly, I get that sense too. Yeah. All right. So, would you? What would you call Santiago's real treasure? So that treasure that he was looking for now, mm. if you had to paraphrase it, what did Santiago actually find? <laughs> that's um, that's a good question. One, I do believe there was actual treasure in the building. So in, in mm. some way or form, there's a monetary value to it, and I and I like that because it doesn't you know sometimes people can be accused of being a bit too kumbaya and shying away yeah. from. Necessities of you know you know money shouldn't necessarily become a master, but it is a means to an end. And I I have yes, this sir. with um, our friend Dahiru, who you should probably get on this podcast as well. He has a couple of interesting ideas on things. Um, and I, you know the, the 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 problem with money starts when it no longer becomes a means to an end, but the end in itself, because you Whoa. cannot attach you cannot attach um, an end to something that has no end. You know, money can, you can continue making money. You can keep being printed. So there's no stop. There's no, I am happy. There's no amount of money that a person who sets money as his end can make that makes them happy. It sort of keeps going. So before, before you go again, please repeat that phrase. You cannot, you can't, about the means and ends. Yeah. So money should only be viewed as a means to an end, but it cannot be an end in itself. If you want a house, you probably need to build it. The materials cost money, or you want to buy it, it costs money. That is fine. You know, you have a wife, you have a couple of kids, you want them to be comfortable, go to schools. That is an end, you know. But it means to an end. So you know, you look at you look at money through its utility, through its application, not its substance nature. You know, so in some respect, the author doesn't shy away from that. I do believe there was money in that that Santiago can then use to, you know, to set himself up, to buy his sheep back, etc., etc. These, you know, life, sure. the world that we live in is not free, you know, so it, it, right. it's foolish, it would be foolish thinking to paint a life story where you kind of tell people that it's, you know, just be free and it's, you know, you know there's still that monetary conversation that has to be had. But 
thank you for asking me that question because I remember the second mic drop moment in the book. So after he goes back and discovers a treasure in the church, he turns. Okay. He faces the direction where Fatima is in. Fatima blew ah. him. Fatima blew him a kiss in the wind, and then he felt the kiss, and then he turned, and then he looked in her direction. However many miles away that is. Wow. He's. I believe his words were "I'm coming to you" or, or something. So <laughs> he found love. He found love. He found wholeness. You know the, the whole. Was the, it the, in the, a the, hopeless place? If I may ask. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't. That, that was, okay. That was a good love. Yeah. yeah that was a good love. <laughs> Let's go. But okay. Yeah. yeah um, he turned and he said, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to come and get you." And you know, you can look at sort of the biblical translations or, or relations rather of this story of sort of the man and woman um, and Adam and Eve and the fact that Adam had to complain to God that I am lonely send me a woman send me a companion right is is kind of like a lot of times I love I love it when people are telling dichotomies between brothers or friends and they talk about the dichotomy no sorry not the dichotomy um the Cain and Abel I forget the word. There is a word. Uh, I think it's dynamic. So the can enable dynamic. In that some ways, works. yeah. In some ways, you can also look at this as sort of an Adam and Eve dynamic, sort of the need okay. for the man to have a companion, you know. And then it breaks down into all sort of other topics, like sort of humans are social animals, and we need companionships, and we need groups, etc., etc. You know, Santiago had his sheep in a way, like Adam had the animals in the Garden of Eden. But he yeah. needed a companion who was of his own, which is why you know, woman is called woman. You know, in flesh of right. my flesh, someone that can actually be yours. You know, that you can walk this earth with, that you can grow old with. Um, you know, potentially bring children into the world with as well. Mm. Um, and he found that. So you know, he found not just the means to an end, but maybe, just maybe, he also found his end. In her. Absolutely amazing. I love the way you put that there. That was brilliant. Okay. I'll allow that to segue us into wealth. Yeah. How do you think this book depicts wealth? It's an interesting question. It doesn't shy away from it. It doesn't shy away from the idea of wealth. Um my first instinct is to lead me to believe that it paints a neutral position around the idea of wealth. Hmm. But on second thought, I'm not entirely sure if that's correct because the wise old king, your readers will find, had a certain glossy facade. So okay. the, the, writer, the writer cast him in a light that showed he was wealthy and okay. the lines that were used to describe him did not shy away from presenting that to the readers okay. there's also some um links to wealth with the englishman who was boarding with them um and then ultimately when they got to the village to actually look for the treasure you know so there i wouldn't say it was neutral but it was it was certainly mentioned he acknowledged its existence and he didn't advise that you seek it out mm. but he left it to your understanding that it will bear it will bear some significance in the way you choose to find your end so do not mistreat it 
by mistreat i mean ignore and love so don't put it on too high a pedestal but by mm. no means ignore it you know um don't be a you know hippie go lovey person who discards it as evil of capitalism and tyranny etc etc right but at the same time don't make money your master i th- i think that's what quello wanted us to come away in terms of a wealth aspect on that yeah yes because to be fair the way i see it for santiago to just go on a journey knowing fully well that whatever happens here might as well be to my own peril but still having the ability to go on that journey i think speaks volumes so yeah. and for the fact that he actually gets to the end and like you said not only reaches the treasure but also gets his end and not just the means meaning fatima yeah. creates a very very good story right there mm. really appreciate that i really appreciate that okay wow hmm santiago Another reason why I even think this name was used because funny enough I do have a, a Brazilian friend and his name is Santiago a funny <laughs> young 18 year old boy man that is so amazing that this is the name for this book I'll definitely let him know okay 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 what is the only way to learn according to the alchemists the only way to learn, to learn. I think that's a that's uh that's an ambiguous one open ended one you can take your time yeah it is an open ended one to learn according to the alchemist you certainly have to listen you certainly yes. have to listen to yourself yes yes the dream in a way can be cast as a voice from within that's also another symbol and a way to look at it I think yes. and, and this appears in, in at certain moments in life we kind of we walk through life with this um idea particularly for those of us who come from societies where our ecosystems are very influential on us by that I mean sort of parents grandparents etc cetera, etc cetera. right and you're almost always told you're given a mold that you have to fit hmm. the famous you can either be an engineer doctor or accountant however many options were open but There was no artistry, there were no writers, there were no painters, there were no etc right. etc. Et so in a way you kind of have to learn to listen to that little voice of yours. Because right. it never it, it, it never roars. It always whispers and you have to listen to it and say mm. I'm going what my treasure is. So that's that's one thing I think you probably want to take away from that. The second one is to learn from life. It can be yeah. a very difficult teacher. Yeah. Be a very difficult teacher, but you need to go through those experiences and ask yourself what do I need to learn from this? Um you may know another certain individual um, who I follow quite closely um Dr. Willing, he's sort of a retired Navy SEAL that does a lot of work in the um, in the learning space, particularly as it involves discipline and taking accountability for your own actions. Um, um can I can I suggest was it the guy that talked about the benefits of laying your bed? No so that's the admiral I forget his his name but that's okay. an admiral who is also yeah. retired with you. Funny yeah. enough the Jocko podcast episode that was released this week was with that admiral so you know wow. everything's <laughs> Yeah we're in the vibes yeah. don't worry about it we're definitely in the vibes. Okay yeah. okay that's so, brilliant. Yeah. Carry so, on, sorry. 
Yeah, so the reason I brought Jocko was because Jocko has this thing that he talks about is called good. G-O-D. Good. Um, and it's it's um, it's a mindset where you tell yourself good regardless of the situation. Now, this is not this is not and I and I found it about this term fairly recently. Um, I think it's I think it's called toxic optimism. So huh. there, is, there is a kind of optimism where it's it's harmful for you to consider continue to just consider everything as good because sometimes it's not. Yeah, you know, that's, that's just life. Um, so I don't think Jocko wants you to be a toxic optimist. I think it's more so for you to have control over the situation and to be able to see the good that comes from things. You know, he says, you know, you pitched a business idea and you didn't get funding. You know, the answer to that is good. We have more time to work on it and we also keep more of the company. You know, I was training and got an injury. He said, good, you probably needed some rest so you could recover better. Yeah, you wow. Know, the wow. Was seeing, you know, it didn't work out. You know, he says, good, gives you time to figure out, you know, stuff about yourself more about who you want in a partner, et cetera, et cetera, and gives you a better chance to go out and find that person. It allows you to reframe, you know, the thoughts that you have in your head around things happening to you. As I said, it puts that control back in your hands, you know, and then you can sort of affect that situation better because it's in your control. Um, so yeah, wow. that's, two. that's two, learning from life. Difficult teacher, yeah. all will attest, but um, if you can say if you can say good and sort of figure out what it is that it's trying to teach you, there will always be something there. And then I think the third one is to learn from others around you, whether it's the wise old people we have in our lives, you know, um, parents, uh, older siblings, uncles, aunties, you know, and just our people outside of our family who are just you know older than us, been there, done that type thing. Yeah, learn from them. Um, then there's also as I said, learning from other people, strangers. I think in life, you know, the role of the Englishman, mm. um, and there's, there's also a little bit of a, of a of a sad side to that, in the sense that the Englishman was introduced almost as a, in writing. I think it's called a tragic character. So tra- tragic just means it doesn't end well for the person. You okay. Know. The, the Englishman is introduced to us as wanting to find you know alchemism and he knows more than santiago at point but he's missing the things required to meet his end maybe that's not his end maybe hmm. he realize that it, it's not and you know you, you you don't know you don't only learn what to do from people sometimes people are there for you to learn what not to do so right um i'd say i'd say those are the three ways i i, I picked from from the alchemist so you know learning from yourself yep. and about yourself um hmm. You know, learning from, from within. Yeah, so going within, you know, learning from yourself, sir. learning from within. Two is learning from life, and three yes, is learning sir. from people. Yes, sir. Brilliant. I broke that into two, saying others and strangers, like you said. Yeah. I kind of try to make a, a diagram of it. That's absolutely amazing. That's absolutely amazing. What do you think? Are one of the most valuable lessons Santiago learned about fear. Ooh. You're not pulling your punches, are you? <laughs> oh, bro, I am trying to be as effective as possible. Because no, no. when my when the people see that image of yours with your hand above those books, bro, that's such an amazing image. That I think God willing, in the future, I might as well make a wallpaper of that. That's broski. Because that was highly motivating. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. It's um, it's good as well, because I think as we're having the conversation, I think I'm entertaining some of the ideas in a different light. And mm-hmm. you know, as much as I'm speaking on them, I'm, I'm learning from them, you know, just as well. Um, this, is, this is actually quite good. Um, right. What we've learned about fear. This yeah. one is a simple one. Um, and it's that courage is not the absence of fear. It is the acknowledgement of it and the decision to go forward regardless. That's pretty much the central tenet, I think, of fear. Um, change okay. is always fear-inspiring. Um, to leave everything you have behind that is comfortable, that works, you know, whether you want to change a job, whether you're not with the best partner but you're afraid to go and start dating again, um, whether you're just in a friendship that you feel you're being used in there but you don't know that you have that many other friends to call on, um, you know, so all change, the unknown, you know, I suppose hmm. the spectrum is, is, is fear-inspiring. It brings fear into the hearts of people, but, but the idea behind that is you acknowledge it, yes, this is dangerous, it exists, I will so probably get my did you mean the acknowledgement of danger? The acknowledgement of danger and the acknowledgement of fear. So fear is like a byproduct of something, you know. The yeah, I was trying to get a quote from what you said. Because I know yeah. you said courage is the acknowledgement of and it's a, yeah, so go for courage. it regardless. So acknowledgement yeah. of what? So it's the acknowledgement of the fear. Okay. So because you kind of the way I like to think of these things, um, Elon Musk has a nice thing that he says around it as well. And so I don't just quote Elon Musk, our physics teachers from Capital Science are actually the initial um, genesis of this particular point, but his first principles from physics and where things derive. Um, okay. And I find that when, you, when you're seeking understanding, it's always very useful to break things down to their first principles. So when you look at fear, you know, fear is of something else. It's, it's a derivative of something else. It's not right. you know, it exist on its own. Right. Um, so, to in some respects, courage, you know, is kind of like uh, an opposite derivative, you know, or, or fear. Some people might say it might be an opposite derivative. They exist on that spectrum and connected to one another. Um, yeah. So the courage would be the reactions of the fear, and then the fear would be springing forth from the situation that you know creates that fear. You know, when you're talking about something that's dangerous, when you're talking about something that's unknown, you know, or you're talking about change, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, so as I said, courage, as I said, acknowledgement of the fear, you know, first step is to recognize, you know, okay, I see you, you see me, I got you. <laughs> but then you, kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to then say, I recognize this, but I'm going to go forth regardless, you know. Um, there's so many lines on this. Ships are, ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are built for, you know. Right. And then that from Christopher Columbus as well, where he says, you know, the only way to discover a new world is for you to have the courage to lose sight of the shore. You have to, you know, hmm. if, you can, if you can see home behind you, you're like, oh, if, if I get lost, I can just go home. But right. you never the world if you don't do, you know, don't lose sight of the shore. So hmm. that's what the alchemist, you know, talks about when it comes to fear. Santiago had to sell all his sheep, pretty much uproot his life and go to a new place in search of this treasure. There was no way to do half and half. I find, um, not just from the alchemist, but with a lot of life's big decisions, you can't kind of get married and not get married. You have to commit to a partner. You can't mm. kind of have children and not have children. You know, the baby will be born, yes, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, you know. So you you, you accept that, yeah, this is, this is going to be a new situation. I'm going to have to grow as an individual, as a person. It's going to demand more of me. 
but I refuse to allow my fear stop me, you know, from the joys of whatever this new thing will bring. So, you know, courage, courage, particularly in that definition of courage, because a lot of people wrongly assume that they're not courageous because they're fearful. But yes, no, sir. You, you are courageous because you're fearful. It's because you have that fear and you're choosing to proceed regardless of it that makes you courageous. You know, the courageous mm. man that walks into a den to pick someone out of there where there's no snakes, no lions, it's not necessarily courageous. It's the guy right. who goes into the den when there's a lion in there and there's snakes in there and there's dangers in there. That's the guy who's Aww, courageous. Shout out Daniel, baby Daniel. Okay, Daniel says thank you. We'll let Daniel know what you just said. No problem. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's absolutely brilliant. That analogy is right there. But how would you say the book ends? I've told you how it ends. So do you mean what's my what's my assessment so, of how it ends? Yes, or? yes. Like personally, with all the facts that Paolo presented with with Santi's journey and obviously Fatima and the treasure do you think there's anything else for Santiago to then do or does his life just seem to uh, end there you know, that's a very very good I'm, I, I, I kind of have to give you big ups for that question oh I, I got the, my fault guys <laughs> oh my fault guys I'm guys man that's funny that's real love you know what time it is yes sir <laughs> Because um, it's asking the question of does he have anything else to do is such a very, very profound question. That's such a good question. Um, wow. It, it's what, it's, it's, I love that question, man. I, I really love that question because I feel like I'm, I'm in, I'm on a journey myself as I'm sure you are a lot of people. Right. And, you know, you get to this question of what, what is, what is my so-called end? When, when will it be enough? When will I have accomplished what I set out to accomplish? When will I say I have nothing else left to do? I mean, in Santiago's case, you have to go after Fatima, but your question still stands because, you're like, okay, what else? You know, right? What, what else do you do when you find her? We might, <laughs> we can start to assume. Obviously, they might get married, they might have kids, but I think your question goes on to a, a sort of more deeper, more sort of, of spiritual plane than hmm. that. You know, when you talk about what else is left for Santiago as, as our protagonist, as our hero. Um, I'll say that the story itself is a full circle story. And I mean that pun intended. Get back to the same place. Literally. Um, you know, but he's, he was a different person. Santiago is still Santiago in physical form, but he's not Santiago mentally, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. Exactly. He's um he's gone through all of this stuff, gone yes. through so many changes, and become yes. a new, and become a new person. So I'll answer your question in this way: What else is left for Santiago to do? I'll say that's up to Santiago. Woo! Whoa! La la Come on, man! Y'all can't say you didn't hear that. Bro, that is absolutely <laughs> spectacular. Now, that's a pen drop for me because I was saying, I was going to say, actually, with ev- everything he has already gone through, there's no way he comes back the same. And no we way. know in this journey of life we're in, as we persevere through every situation and obstacle, when we get to that end, what we consider an end, when we what we consider a goal, 
we all do ask that question to ourselves okay what's the next goal what's and that allows a sense of youthfulness a sense of wanting to learn a sense of living so as santiago comes back to this circle being a new person something tells me he's now ready to embark on another journey so yeah. like you just said it is up to santi wow <laughs> wow that is brilliant absolutely brilliant guys to be fair i don't even know where we could go with that but as you think what else do you want to add to this because i'm just seeing we clocked the one hour points literally right now yeah, that is yeah. amazing i can't it believe is. it is wow. um a little bit of a little bit of a backstory for everyone okay. watching. Obviously, we've mentioned at the top of the hour. Still good to say yeah. that top of the hour. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we mentioned at the start about how we've been planning to do this um, for a while, but things get, kept yeah. happening. Things kept getting in the way. Even today, so you know, sort of <laughs> behind the scenes, behind the scenes, for those behind yes, the scenes. Sir. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was conversation about whether this would have been taped today because of a certain <laughs> amount of prep that would have needed to go into it but honestly i i think it, we've done quite well you know oh, oh, i appreciate that bro 100 thank you i thank you for your dedication to your craft i thank you for Come the journey on, bro I thank you for inviting me on this i thank you for the quality of the questions you asked oh um, my god but you want me to blush man this is i'm sorry <laughs> but this is this is audio so even if i blush is of no benefit to anyone thank you so please move on yes sir <laughs> you know and um one last thing i think i'd probably like to leave people with just i wouldn't have said it normally but it's just because of the way things have turned out okay and it's something that i've seen just occur at different points uh, for different things sometimes and this is our ode to nike so that maybe they'll sponsor us uh, <laughs> okay. or, or sponsor, sponsor the Say Less family, innit? Um, right, you know. including Bolade, of course. <laughs> Sometimes, just do it. Oh, my God. Nah, nah, nah. See, if this was live, yeah, I have left the frame right now. Yeah, I ran away. <laughs> you just sent me out the door. Wow. This boy really ended with just do it. Oh, my. Hey, someone holler at Mr. Phil Knight, please. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody gotta hear this in good time. God gonna figure that out. Wow. Just do it. Nah, 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 nah. How could that is too good? You know what? Lord, you got you gotta, yeah, give me some ideas. I gotta come up with something. Just do <laughs> it. And this we just did right here. Yeah. And it goes back into the book's theme of. Okay, you've woken up for your new dream. Okay, rise up and go. Just do it. <laughs> that is extremely powerful, bro. Wow, guys. Wow, wow. What can I say? I'm literally speechless. A book that I had no clue about. Obviously, apart from the author and the general sense of the book, but huh, now I just suddenly feel like I do know this sanity of a boy. I see we've lived life with him. Come on, guys. I really hope you guys appreciated this. And especially this boy with us here, Mr. Bolade, is absolutely amazing, man. What I can I him. say? What can I say? What can I say? I'm literally speechless. And that doesn't happen often. So, Cosmic, you're on your job. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> My days. All right, bro. All right, bro. Anything for the people to look forward to concerning this that we've created? 
Um, I'm leaving them with the exact same thing, man. Just do it. Wow. Whatever. But you're whatever that is, whatever that is, you're planning to do. Just do it. Whatever it is, guys. The real struggle is in the doing. That start. That start. Once you get past that first start, you definitely have to hit a finish line. Nobody starts that hundred meter race with that first step and doesn't finish it. So y'all know you can definitely finish what you started. Just do it. All right, broski. I appreciate you for this one, bro. And uh, anything, how do you want the people to get to you just in case, you know, social media, which I will definitely still put in the, you know, in the description. But yeah, you need to plug yourself something, some way, somehow. Um, I'll make it a little bit interesting for the people if they have enjoyed it that much. Okay. Um, get, in, get in touch with Say Less and okay. request that we do another one and then we'll drop the socials. How about wow. that? Let's turn, let's turn wow. our friends following the people. All right. Seriously. Seriously. Guys, I know that's a very bold one from this boy right here because it's literally our first one, man. So it's our first one. And it's open to have such influence on y'all. You know what? I'll leave that to y'all and I'll leave that to the atmosphere. We've done it. We tried to do it. And we just done did it. Okay. Let's see what happens. But I did. Again, thank you very much. And um, I'm wishing you a lovely day. A lovely rest of your week. And just so you can keep some people excited on their toes. Are there any other books you want to tell us that we might be observing um phew, you're asking a brother who's been reading a lot over a long period so i have i have tons of recommendations again i will say actually yeah this is a good thing if if you guys have been looking at any books that you're thinking of reading anything that you've just known has been out there for a while and you wanted to cover it chances yeah. are i may have read it already so let us know in the comments, uh, you know, what it is that you'd like us to see, um, you know, what, what you would like to see us do again. Um, okay. And then, you know, maybe it is that we then start compiling recommendations of the type of the book that we've covered and then say other wow. ones that are similar to this. So keeping, keeping with that, I'd say um, in terms of fables that have real-life lessons, um, The Richest Man in Babylon is probably um, one that's very, very close um, to this one. In terms of style, in terms of length of the book, in terms of the the tone of the book, um, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'd say Richard Man, but that's that's just a book on on finances. Um, right. You know, it's not necessarily a go become rich. I'm being careful of that, obviously, because of what we've spoken about and the author's relationship with wealth. So yes, yeah, sir. You know, but we have identified it as something that does need to be considered. So in the consideration of those, I find that this one has a lot of principles which are quite helpful. Um, you know, as we continue to grow and interact with this, um, you know, with this phenomenon of, of wealth and money um, on a more regular basis. So, yeah, Richest Man in Babylon, I think the author is called George S. Clayson. And okay. um, let us know if there's any other things that you'd like to see us talk about. Um, and then, yeah, we'll probably start plugging in recommendations off the back of these. Um, if, or rather not if, as and when we do them in the future. All right, bro. All right, bro. That's absolutely amazing. I think we should leave it there. These are yeah. our seven minutes. If you do get to the end right here, guys, we highly appreciate you. 
is 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 the love has been amazing for real and i'll show you something but like like some data that just lets me know that certainly people have been touched all over and it's just it's so amazing to know that at least somewhere people are definitely being helped by just doing it yep appreciate it bro you have a lovely day bro and yeah guys that's been the boys man it's been daniel <laughs> and daniel aka yeah. double d okay now i'm gonna have to do something about that double d now this is incredible all right bro take care of yourself bro adam speak soon Thank you very much. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye.